the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. Coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studio. It is a delight to have with us, as we do every Wednesday, Representative David Schweiker, currently representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District, but soon to be representing the new Arizona's 1st Congressional District, which will make him my representative. I'm so looking forward to that. David, how are you, sir? I did something actually really fun on on Monday. I spent a few hours with a neighbor friend who's also a um, a Phoenix police captain in your neighborhood. Oh, no kidding. Riding, riding <laughs> I hope you didn't give him my your... address. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, actually, we drove by your house. Oh, no. We waved. No oh, one waved no. back. Oh, no. Um, but it, it was actually um, eye-opening when you're going through a spot and everything looks quiet and said, now we're going to go around, take a look down what's going on in the alley. Uh-huh. Or he's pointing out the number of violent uh-huh. events that had happened near the light rail. Yeah. Or the amount of crime that's been moving in from 19th Avenue and working its way towards 15th and it's working its way towards 12th. Ever eastward, yeah. And um, uh, it, 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 those are good things. I, I, I think everyone in the community... Find a uh, police officer, build a relationship, and if you can ever do a ride-along, do it. Um, It gives you a sense of reality of what's really going on, even in your own backyard. Okay, good. Let's talk offline, and you can give me his info. I'd like to go make make his acquaintance. That sounds like a great thing, if that's okay with you. Uh, David, we just uh, finished watching uh, our president uh, deliver his second, I think it's his second full press conference, or at least solo press conference, with the White House Press Corps. And if there there were a couple things that came out of it, but one refrain he kept going back to, and not just under one question, but under several questions, was, I don't know what Republicans stand for. I don't know what Republicans stand for. And yet there was this interesting question uh, that involved Senator Mitt Romney, where he admitted he didn't call Mitt Romney on the Build Back Better plan and then said, I really didn't call any Republicans. I only was speaking to my own caucus. That's its own problem that he couldn't even get his own caucus going. But why does he get to say, I, I don't know what Republicans stand for if he won't talk to them? No, I, 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 and by the way, it begs the question, has he called your office or anyone? In his, okay. All right. Look, um, I cannot express how screwed up Washington, D.C. is right now. Um you're living, you're working in an environment where you have no conversations with the other side right now. Um, people, you know, come in in their masks, they vote, they immediately they leave the floor. Uh, there's no group meetings, there's no discussion groups, you know, all the things. You know, we used to sometimes have uh, discussion groups on policy with the Democrats, and we'd beat the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. And guess what? On occasion, you'd find out saying, oh, we actually agree on these three points over here, the other 12 we're going to go to war over. Mm-hmm. But that's how you build understanding. And um, look, you know, I, I'm one of the senior Republicans on Ways and Means. Mm-hmm. I do taxes and healthcare finance. Mm-hmm. It's really geeky. It's not particularly, 
you know, it, it's, there's not a lot of loud politicking, so you don't, you know, um, you know, you don't scream and say, pay attention to me, but the stuff's complicated and it's important. I've never had anyone from this administration pick up the phone and ever talk to us. Wow. 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 So it hits you kind of cold when he says, I don't know what Republicans stand for, although he seems to be comfortable tarring and feathering of uh, feathering us with uh, the appellations and negatives of being associated with well, Jefferson Davis and Bull Connor. But, but, but once again, um, the Democrat Party is in many ways now a coastal elite party. Uh-huh. If you actually there's some data out there, the vast majority of the Democrat votes come with from about 75 miles of a coastline. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really interesting if you ever see the heat map. That's his audience. Um, much of the audience from uh, you know the South or Republican areas, he could say all sorts of niceties, and we're still not voting for him. Uh-huh. Um, so why not? It, it, we're, he can demagogue all he wants. It doesn't doesn't hurt him electorally, and in many ways, it's reaffirmation to those folks that have a complete misconception, um, but are coastal voters that that are never going to actually drive through rural Arizona. There's probably little question. I would defer to you if you have a disagreement with what I'm about to say, because you know this 10 times better than I do. But there's I was going to say there's little there's probably little question that Joe Biden was propelled a lot by independent voters. And it does seem to me while he's appealing to these coastal centers, which is where the party's base is also, by the way, where the media's base is providing that Mm -hmm. that reinforced echo chamber, if you will, that does go into the center of the country. It does seem to me that he is losing independence quite quickly. Yes, yeah. he's lost in his own party, but though I would think he would care about independence a little bit. And I suppose it's okay to hit Republicans, but at some point, independents do look around and say, what has he made better, right? Well, and that's why their numbers have collapsed. Yeah. And, and it's one of the tough things, but Arizona, in, I think, may be the most urbanized state in the country. Hmm. And people go, how can that be? But think about it. Um, Because 65% of our population lives just in Maricopa County. Um, And so in some ways, you look at the voting trends of Arizona, we operate like a ginormous suburb. And uh, Biden spent, they spent stunning amounts of money trying to talk to suburban, particularly suburban females. There's good data coming in right now that those folks are not happy. Um, they're not happy with crime. They're not happy with inflation. Um, they're not happy with what's going on in the border. And I just did a floor speech, you know, uh, an hour ago, for a half an hour, walking through almost everything the Democrats have touched this year. They've made Americans' lives worse. Opening up the border makes workers in this country poor. I mean, inflation makes um, the middle class poor. Crime makes um, poor people poorer. Um, their drug policies and these things are making you know, threats that the cures that we desperately need will not appear. You know, almost everything they're touching policy-wise. And then their H.R. 1, the voting bill, it's not about voter protection. It's about Democrats gaining power. When 
You say it's about Democrats gaining power. I am shocked. I, I can walk you through. I can walk you through the points on it. No, no, I, 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 di- I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. It's just that I am confused, not by you, but I'm confused by his strategy, the president's strategy, which seems to be continually making this a partisan fight about everything. When the message, even of his own election, as he would probably admit was about diminishing partisan divides in this country. That's what I struggle with. That's what I'm struggling um, with. But it, it, might think, ju- it might just be for show. It might just no, all be no, show. Look, they, no, they need to, you know, for Democrats to write the big checks, um, for Democrat enthusiasm, for the special interest groups, the union groups, the, the you know, pro-abortion groups, yeah. the trial lawyer groups, the, all these groups that finance the Democrat Party. They need that red meat to get, okay. well, actually, in this case, red tofu, okay. um, to keep them <laughs> excited. And if you look at their election bill, um, and, and I've, I, this comes from the other day I was picking up the phone here in the office, and there were you know, um, uh, angry people saying, why aren't you supporting the election rights bill? And I walked them through saying, okay, you know it gets rid of Arizona's voter ID law right. that we've had for 18 years. You know it creates public funding for members of Congress. You send me $200. I get six to one match. You, you know it industrialized ballot harvesting. And so I can walk up to the, the door, do same-day registration, collect your ba- – functionally, you know, do the ballot harvesting setups. I mean it, it creates just all this chaos. And the angry woman on the other side says, well, that can't be true. I'm going to go read it for myself. And she hung up on me. Mm-hmm. And – that's the brilliance of the Democrats. They come up with a great title. This is voter rights. It's the Dem- Republicans are in voter suppression. And none of that's true. This is about industrializing money and mechanisms that favor the Democrats so they can win election. And their numbers are so bad, they need something like this to just survive this coming election cycle. I, I had a nearly similar conversation without the partisan part of it uh, with someone who's on our side. Uh, someone I'm very close to, and they, they just, you know, like most people, they don't follow every jot and tittle or, or, you know, even maybe delve into the paper too terribly deeply very much. But, you know, once in a while, and they get the general tenor of the news. And this person was talking to me about the voting rights legislation, and I I did what probably not as well as you did, but I, I, I did, I walked them through why we should oppose it, why I was opposed to it. And this person said to me, well, how can anyone know all that? That's not what we're being told. And my gosh, David, my gosh, it, 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 it's not as if I don't hear this all the time or you don't hear this all the time. But these are people on our side saying this. Well, now. remember, we have a problem, though, and, and, and it's those of my kind, the political class. We often go and, and scream about on social media or on radio or other things, um, really inflammatory things that raises money and trying to explain that the details matter, you know, that, the, that if you understand the details of a piece of legislation like this, how damaging it actually is to our republic, to our democracy. Um, but in many ways, if you're, uh, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble how I'm going to say this, but we're in a time, we're in, we're in the minority, we often... Um, we like uh, show horses and we need more workhorses. How's that? Yeah, I'll take yeah, the trouble yeah, we, from we, you. We <laughs> How's things, that? <laughs> we, engage, you know, we engage in the flash and not the... Yeah. the, the you know, yeah. Um, not the stake, but the, the reality sizzle. Yeah. of the hard work to take things like this down. Yeah. 
Um, but but you know we like being satiated with someone screaming at you know into a camera, but that's not how you dice apart. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons I love someone like Jim Jordan. Yeah. He can bang, 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 yep. walk you through why it's bad with that passion. And, yep. and we're trying to be better at that, but not enough of us do it. David, um, I, the, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about uh, from the presser here, and, 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 and it's I ask it because on the one hand, I wish it didn't dominate the press conference. I think that it came at the cost of a lot of more poignant questions about domestic policy. But the president was given three or four shots to clarify something he said about if Russia were to invade Ukraine. And I don't know if if, if, if you caught this or not, but his answers on this were so, so very weak. He said, and I'm quoting him directly, my guess is Putin will move in. He has to do something. I think he'll test the West. And there's only one person who can do anything about it, and that's Putin. Did we just throw all deterrence out the window? Is that just no longer a part of our foreign or defense strategy? Uh, this is one – I think it's more complicated. I wish he had come across dramatically stronger um, uh, for Ukraine, but for NATO, mm-hmm. but for Poland and others who are in the region who are true, I mean, you know, been great allies. Um, but there's also some pretty um, difficult domestic politics going on in Russia right now. Mm-hmm. And so there's some that are fearful this is, you know, this is theatrics for the Russian population to tap them down from being very unhappy with their current government. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime you show weakness, um, anytime you show weakness, um, bad things happen. It's one of the, the miracles of the Trump years. Yeah. Do you remember how many people were who were predicting, we're going to be at war with yep. North Korea, we're going to yep. be at war here. And it actually turned out to be some of the most peaceful four years in human history. Yep. Yep. You know, when ISIS was defeated, when, you know, so many... Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studio. I um, I was talking with a Republican candidate, uh, kind of not, not, not someone that would be statewide, but kind of a down-ballot candidate, and talking to this person about um, questions this candidate was getting from an audience about how to handle when they're asked about extremists and the Republican Party. And I thought it was a I, I said to me, it's it's all it's all really very, very simple. It's not it's not hard for me. I don't mind taking questions about extremism in the political parties. It, it, it's it's to me beyond dispute that while any party, every party will have its extremists, of course, the key is to have them known as extremists and have them remain as outside the general circumference or circle of the party, if you will, which the Republican Party has done. The, Repub- the Republican Party has acknowledged its extremists and, 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 and they don't represent us. The problem with the Democratic Party is they've taken it over. So it's harder to discern 
what should be or what would have been considered extreme 10 years ago or beyond the pale 10 years ago to what is the main line of the Democratic Party right now, including its leadership. So Joe Biden today, for example, in his press conference was asked, I think he was by Peter Ducey, he was asked today uh, about uh, his leftward tilt when he you know, campaigned as a quote-unquote moderate. And he said, and it was kind of an odd lady doth protest too much, Biden said, I'm not a Bernie Sanders person. I know you all want to make me like Bernie Sanders. I'm not Bernie Sanders. Well, find me the one thing he disagrees with, Bernie Sanders on, and that he ha- and, and, and how this administration and its policies would be different if Bernie Sanders were president. But leave all that aside. Leave all that aside. I want to repeat to you this new poll just out from Rasmussen that Scott, that uh, John Hinderocker at Powerline has, um, has published. 59% of Democrats favor legislation that would confine all unvaccinated people in their homes except in case of emergency. 48% of Democrats think the government should fine or imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines on social media, television, radio, or in online or digital publications. We'll come back to that one. 45% of Democrats would favor requiring unvaccinated citizens to temporarily live in designated facilities or locations, once known as concentration camps. 47% of Democrats favor a government program using digital devices to track unvaccinated people to ensure they are quarantined or socially distancing from others. In other words, between 45 and 59 percent of Democrats in this country would have us act on our own people as China. As China. John goes on to write, it's hard to say which of these measures is most outrageous, confining people to their homes, tracking them digitally to make sure they do not interact with others, being moved to temporary camps if they are unvaccinated. All of these proposals can fairly be described as fascist and all are supported by either a majority or near majority of Democrats. Perhaps most chilling is the willingness of 48 percent of Democrats to throw people in jail who question the efficacy of existing vaccines. Yeah, I wanted to come back to that, and I will come back to that on the other side of this break. Don't go away. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I was going through this Rasmussen poll that John Hinderocker was writing about. It's an astounding Astounding set of findings. Many of us might have said these things. We might have guessed these things. We now have the data that shows these things in numbers, I have to tell you, that not even I would have expected or predicted. 59% of Democrats favor legislation that would confine unvaccinated people in their homes, except in cases of emergency. That's the top one. The perhaps most disturbing one is that 48% of Democrats think the government should fine or imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines on social media, television, radio, or in online or digital publications. John has his finger exactly on why this is so problematic. Because first of all, you just totally defenestrate the First Amendment from, from, from our Constitution. 
it's just totally gone. As Supreme Court justice after Supreme Court justice after Supreme Court justice has said and written again and again over and over, the First Amendment wasn't written for things that don't matter much. In other words, the First Amendment was protect was to protect not only political speech, but vigorous political debate. It was how we were to arrive at our Democratic and Republican, small r, small d, consensuses. But there's a secondary problem. I, wasn't, I was about to say bigger. It's not bigger. It's secondary. It's secondary. And it's that those of us who have been questioning these things have been more right than the government that has been force-feeding us these things and that the Democrats would have us arrested for, for saying. Think about the, what would have happened if in June you said, I'm not so sure about those vaccines, Mr. Biden. Mr. Biden said in June, if you're vaccinated, you won't get sick and you won't go to the hospital. And then the CDC over in the cover of darkness in the middle of the night changed its definition of a vaccine on its website. But there were those of us questioning that. There were those of us questioning that long before June. And now the administration has itself changed its tune on what the purpose of the vaccine is and what the vaccine can do. Joe Biden was asked today why the CDC wasn't going to change the definition of fully vaccinated to include having a booster shot. Joe Biden had no answer for that. He said, my messages get boosted. Doesn't answer the question. Why won't you say, why won't the CDC tell us that fully vaccinated means now three shots? He wouldn't, he wouldn't answer that. He said, my answer is get boosted. Would he be caught up in this trap? Would he be caught up in this trap of publicly questioning the efficacy of the... How about the fact that there are governors... The headline today is the governor of the, the new governor, Yunkin of Virginia, is, um, is, uh, is, is changing and canceling mask policies for in-school learning. Would he be subject to 48% of Democrats thinking he should be fined or imprisoned for questioning the ef- efficacy of COVID-19 mitigation efforts? Would anyone who questions the efficacy of giving a vaccine to a six-year-old or a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old or a five-year-old, would they be subject to such fine and imprisonment? The answer is, of course, yes. The answer is, of course, yes. Here's what would be an interesting thing to do. It would be an interesting thing if other polling organizations, I don't care which one, USA Survey, Quinnipiac, Gallup, you name it, there's plenty of them. It would be interesting if they replicated the poll. It's a fascinating set of answers, and they'd get a lot of media attention for it. They won't. You know why? They probably know the answers. Keep in mind, you know, Rasmussen's accuracy is pretty darn good, better than Gallup's for certain, and got the election just about right, too. They're not going to do it. It's against their interest. 
But when people tell you that there's too much extremism in the Republican Party, you show them this poll. 60% of Democrats want unvaccinated people confined to their homes, and 50% of them, if you question the efficacy of the current vaccine regimen, should be equally imprisoned. 45% of Democrats favor requiring unvaccinated citizens to live in designated facilities or locations. We're not the extreme party. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. Mike is in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. Well, well, well. Here we are. Uh, after listening to part of President Biden's speech, I have whiplash and nausea, so you'll please excuse me. Uh, I I understand that it was just your birthday, like about a, maybe a month ago. Is that true? Pretty close. <laughs> okay, very, very good. Well, happy birthday! You kind of snuck that in, and I missed it. Thank you. you. Um, there, there's one issue I, I'd really like to address. This things that I heard, uh, but there's a, something that I'm kind of questioning it. Uh, it came in my last VFW magazine, and now in Congress they're getting ready to award the. Uh, I think it's the. Pro- presidential gold medal to those people that got blown up in Afghanistan right at the very ending. And not that I'm saying that they might not deserve it, but uh, as the other people that died in Afghanistan, they're chopped liver and too bad, so sad. Uh, I'm just kind of questioning about that. But but anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. One of the things I heard uh, President Biden said, he said something about Vice President Kamala Harris is going to be assigned about this voter rights issue because he has, you know, confidence or in her. He was asked, yeah, I and, saw that part. He was asked uh, uh, two questions uh, related to that. He was asked first uh, if he um, was going to keep Kamala Harris as his running mate, should he decide to run for reelection, and if he was satisfied with her job for being in charge of election reform. And he said yes to both. Yeah, he said yes and yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was odd. You know, I'm just talking about the confidence in her. I thought she was assigned to the border. Too, also anyway. that. Yes, also yeah. that. There, were, there was another issue, and again, I it, nausea and vomiting's kicking in here. But he, I think he said something of about the four meatpacking plants are the ones that are causing the inflation, or he blamed something that was like, what? I thought it was the Federal Reserve that's printing money that's diluting the buying power of the dollar. And there was another comment he made. He said something about he never had attacked anyone. I remember him saying something about lying dog-faced pony soldiers. But also during the press conference, he said somebody's talked to some senators because they're afraid to vote on a certain issue yeah. because of past leaders. And it sounded like a clear shot across the bow to President Trump. But uh, Well, it was uh, interesting I, there were, there that were, he said uh, that he said he was asked about Early on, he was asked about a statement Mitt Romney, Senator Romney, gave, which is that Romney was saying that no one in the White House ever called him about the Build Back Better agenda. And Joe Biden said uh, Senator Romney is a straight up and a good guy, but he was uh, spending most of his time talking to Democrats and not Republicans, which 
is interesting at about three different levels for about three different reasons. First of all, uh, this would be the same Mitt Romney who was going to put blacks in chains, according to Joe Biden, right? This would be that Mitt Romney. That's what Joe Biden said about him in 2012. But aside from that, aside from that, it's it's interesting that Biden can complain. I don't know what Republicans stand for, but he admits he won't talk to them. He doesn't talk to them. And then the third level of it is that it was his party that is responsible for the defeat of his agenda, at least a few senators in his party. And he couldn't even, uh, so to speak, whip them as you whip votes. He couldn't he couldn't even get his own party on board with his agenda. But it's all the Republicans fault who he doesn't talk to. I mean, I just don't know how much of this we're supposed to accept. And by we, I mean, the, not you and me, Mike, but, you know, the vast majority of the American people who may have watched this thing. I'm wondering if this has something to do with information influence operations. If you repeat it long enough, the people will act. I, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. You know, there's thank you, Mike. There's this intro. I was I was uh, there was an exchange which we'll get to about what Joe Biden said in Georgia last week when he blasted Republicans for being the party of Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis. And um, and so I was and, and I'll play you the audio on this uh, from from the press conference in a few moments. But he he tempted us. He invited us to go back and read the transcripts. So I went to WhiteHouse.gov to go to where those transcripts are. It's under a tab called Briefing Room. But this is kind of interesting, and I noticed this uh, once before in the um, in the campaign during 2020. If you go to the WhiteHouse.gov website, any of you can test it out right now. It's current right now. If you go to the WhiteHouse.gov homepage, the landing page, the first page, you see something you uh, you 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 just have never seen in history before. You see. It's uh, it's a one year of Biden of Her- Biden Harris, and that's typical. I'm I, I'm not going to score them for you know trying to brag about their year. It it'll fall flat, and we'll dissect it. But I don't blame them for that. But notice the picture. Notice the picture. Kamala Harris is front. Biden is second. Kamala Harris is primary in the picture. Joe Biden is secondary. Kamala Harris is the first person. Joe Biden is the second. That's not usual. The only other time I have seen that was during the campaign when they did the same thing. And I could guess as to what's going on here. I could guess. But it's an awfully, awfully jarring thing to see the vice president featured before the president, getting the primary place before the president, making it look as if the president is secondary to the vice president. It's an awfully odd thing. Uh, Mike, you were making references a bit to influence operations. And the, the word that I was thinking of was agitprop, which is an old Russian uh, collapsing of uh, agitation and propaganda. They call those um, the, those uh, blended words, portmanteau words. It's a it's it's agitation and propaganda at the same time. And that's how, of course, you know, the Russian Revolution came about and kept people, you know, in check and in line. In thinking the right things and believing the right things, 
right being defined as what the party or the state wants you to think or believe. And you combine that kind of propagandistic effort or agitprop, let's call it. Let's use that. Let's bring that phrase back into the coin of currency, agitprop, agitation and propaganda. It gets you the agitation they always want us living in, the crisis industrial complex, and the propaganda that they are disseminating. So let's use that word, agitprop. You combine that with the new poll out from Rasmussen that I've been talking about all hour. 60% of Democrats favor legislation that would confine all unvaccinated people to their homes. 48% of Democrats think the government should fine or imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy of the existing COVID-19 vaccines. I mean, shut down VAERS, I suppose. Have doctors answering exclusively to the state before they give out any information. Or the party, the capital P, party. You combine those things, and you bet, you bet we're in the realm of something very, very different and very, very new here. People used to say it can't happen here. This is how it happens. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. You've uh, heard me talk about the great uh, product, Balance of Nature, which uh, is a sponsor of this show. I uh, take it every day, the fruits and veggies uh, from Balance of Nature, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. Fabulous, good and good for you, and good for our cause, too. You know, support companies that support us, us, you and me, uh, support our kind of communication efforts, not just free speech, but the direction from which we come at things. And um, even if you, uh, even if your health is in great shape, you're probably like me, where even once in a while you just kind of have the, the lulls or those afternoon uh, tired moments Pop some um, Balance of Nature and you will be good to go. No caffeine, all vegetables, all fruits. You're not going to overdose. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. Well, here's how you know they're in trouble over at the White House from what we said in the first hour with Joe Biden effectively giving a green light for Vladimir Putin to do something in the Ukraine short of annihilation. Uh, giving him the green light to engage in an incursion of the Ukraine. You go to the White House uh, website, their briefing room, as I was mentioning in the last segment, if you want to get the transcript of Joe Biden's uh, 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 press conference, it isn't up yet. But <laughs> you know what is? You know what is? Different from 3 o'clock this afternoon when I came into the studio or when the mics went live, there is something up there. I'll read you its first thing. The headline, Statement from Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Russian Aggression Towards the Ukraine. The press secretary is already involved. Press conference ended a little, about an hour ago. She's already involved in proactive cleanup on Joe Biden's statements about Russia. She says, President Biden has been clear with the Russian president. If any Russian military forces move across the Ukrainian border, that's a renewed invasion. It will be met with a swift, severe, and united response from the United States and our allies. That's what Joe Biden should have said. He got something like four questions from three different outlets on it and couldn't get there. Couldn't say that. He dilly-dallied around it, back and forth, saying, my guess is he will move in. Saying he's the only one that will stop himself saying um, if it's a minor incursion and we end up having to fight about what to do and not to do, it's one thing. A minor incursion. Someone said, 
Maybe it'll just be a mostly peaceful incursion. Yeah, when the, when when you have government by press secretary, I mean, what's the point? <laughs> One of the things people have been complaining about is all they get is Jen Psaki and they don't get Joe Biden. Well, they got Joe Biden. Give him credit, I guess, for standing up there for 90 minutes or so. They got Joe Biden and already clean up on aisles one through ten being done by Jen Psaki proactively before they even post the transcript of what Joe Biden said. Government by press secretary. Who here voted for Jen Psaki, even in the Democratic uh, listening audience? Oh, no one? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.